0: following podcast is part of the underdog sports podcasting network for a full list of our shows as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com okay well, just for the
1: record we got a son in phoenix too Fifty.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns related. I'm your co-host for today, David McGraw, alongside the ever-so-dabbing Mitch Krumpetich.
1: What's up everyone? Shout out to Chuck, Charlie Erling, our third member of the podcast, or he usually gets introduced first, but whatever. Shout out, he is almost done with the schooling that he's been doing, and... He is not here tonight because his final project for that is due tomorrow. Kind of time stamped it a little bit, but that's why he's not here. So he should be back soon. But we have some exciting stuff to talk about, and most of it doesn't exactly have to do with basketball. The Suns got their new arena renovation deal approved by the city, so that was cool. Um, we have some not so cool news with injury updates. We have some games to recap, some upcoming games, just a couple to talk about, but we're also going to talk about something a little bit spicy involving a mythical creature. So think about that one. I'm not going to say anything else. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout out on the show. All right, so let's start off with this arena deal. It's probably the biggest news that we have this week and that deal is 150 million dollars from the city along with 80 million dollars from the suns which will allow the suns to stay in downtown phoenix until 2037 but there's also an option to extend the lease to 2042 so all of this will be part of renovations for the arena which are desperately needed along with the building of a new practice facility which is extremely necessary a lot of players from the suns and from teams from away teams who travel here always talk about how how difficult the sun's practice facilities are so this is definitely exciting news i'm getting this information from jessica boehm's article from the arizona republic so you know it's legit But one thing that I found really interesting as I was doing a little bit of research on this was just talking about how much money the arena generates, but how much it's missing out on because of their loading dock. A lot of like more popular, bigger bands with larger productions and that kind of stuff aren't able to perform at Talking Stick Resort Arena because the loading dock is just too small. And so they have to go somewhere like Auction Pavilion and i've never been to auction pavilion so i don't really know what it's like but i feel like it would be a little bit more convenient to have some of this stuff downtown so i think i I know the loading dock is part of the renovation so i think this is definitely a good move
0: yeah the the bigger bands i've i've been to the pavilion for two or three shows um a, a lot of the if you're gonna see a bigger band in Phoenix, that's the only way to do it and it's it's kind of these it ends up being solo performers or you know rappers like Jay-Z that kind of stuff mm-hmm. or you know pop artists kind of that are able to play in talking stick and I didn't realize at all but it was because of the loading dock but they said that um, when it was built it basically can house like five like if, something like five trucks. And some of the bigger productions can have up to like 20 or 30 trucks or something now. Wow. It's something, it's some dumb number that I saw thrown around. Take that as a grain of salt. I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. But it's something, it it was some dumb number how, how many, how much, how many trucks are needed for some events now. And the big thing also is that this, the, the arena is still owned by the city. The This isn't like Sarver owns the arena or anything, so the city's able to get a lot of money for the arena. So, you know, updating and renovating it does help the city a lot as well. And it's not just a, you know, son's help thing.
1: Right, definitely. And the arena generates so much money. We've seen with the Coyotes moving to Glendale that uh, that doesn't always work out for the best. But, yeah, we're, we're in downtown Phoenix through 2037. And what I've seen as well is that the renovation, they're hoping that the renovations will be done in 2021. So that will mean all of next season the arena will be under renovation. So I don't know how that's going to work. It's going to be interesting to see what that's like. I'm sure they've got a plan and they know what they're doing, but I don't know what that's going to look like
0: you would assume a lot of it will be during the off season right the, the mercury play but the mercury has workarounds they've they've played at uh the wells fargo arena which asu plays at right they've played at that in the past and you know there, there could be some things like that 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 go about to you know help it out who knows exactly what will be happening but
1: yeah we don't really know that yet but we'll see what that looks like overall this is great and i like it especially because a lot of this money comes from the tourism tax which as we know there's a lot of tourists that come to phoenix so might as well capitalize on that
0: Yep, pretty much, and uh, it's good to know that we'll, we will for sure be the Sunny and Phoenix podcast for at least eighteen more years.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, now you're talking about the really important stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. So let's let's turn the the tone down a little bit. We have some not very fun injury news to talk about. Some good stuff, but mostly not. So DeAndre Ayton remains hurt. He got hurt in that Charlotte game last Saturday, the nineteenth. So still out with that ankle injury. Don't really know what the timetable for his return is.
0: It but feels like it's been an eternity. It
1: does. It's it's been let's see, one, two, three, four, if it, it's been five games. It feels like it's been forty. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's very difficult. Dragon Bender's doing everything he can, but it's rough, so I mean I don't want to rush him back because we're eleven and forty one. But I also it's really hard to watch without him. <laughs> uh, yep. We also have Rashawn Holmes, our other big man, who returned in the game against the Lakers on the twenty seventh. He he is still still getting back to him old to his old self. It's it's a little bit difficult, but he he did play twenty six minutes. And he had a double-double with 12 points and 10 rebounds. He also had four blocks. I thought they said five on the broadcast, but box score just says four. So, Rashawn Holmes got back to himself a little bit after a little, of t- a little bit of time. He still came off the bench, though, which I thought was interesting. Dragon Bender started. Uh, don't really know why on that, but okay. Well, well it, it, I mean,
0: it's fine for him to start. You want to keep that bench unit intact. But... I guess. He only played 13 minutes so right that's true
1: then we have tj warren who he got hurt in the minnesota game last tuesday the 22nd and this was a weird injury because i didn't really see what happened it was i think late in the second quarter and The second half started and TJ just wasn't there. I thought they said on the broadcast that he got ejected. So I was wondering what happened. I know TJ's been ejected a couple times this year for saying whatever he says. We don't really know. But then news comes out that he's hurt and he's not playing. So I imagine that this injury just came uh, right before halftime. He's been out up until this point. Three and a half. Yeah, so I believe there's another week or two that he will be out, but... I I think they said the original was two to four weeks, I think. Yeah, so... Yeah, we'll see. Another case of no reason to rush him back. And it gives Josh Jackson a little bit more opportunity to getting that starting lineup
0: which he absolutely deserves and has deserved for a little bit for now sure. it's either him for or sure. kelly sure. both of those guys probably deserve it because they've been yes playing really well and have been kind of the only guys that have been playing well for us it seems like the last couple of weeks
1: yeah pretty much then i think aside from ayton the biggest blow is the melton yep and i it's tough to say that our rookie second round pick, who we didn't even draft, point guard, is our biggest blow, but that's where we are this season. D'Anthony Melton got hurt during the Portland game, and I haven't seen a timetable for his return either, but Elia Kobo has been starting, but barely playing. I I really don't understand what's going on here. Elia Kobo, if we look at this Lakers game, Elia Kobo played twenty-one minutes and Jamal Crawford played twenty-two. So that means Point Booker was in there. But why? Why does Jamal Crawford play more than a Kobo? It's so frustrating.
0: Jamal Crawford has no business playing more minutes than a Kobo. If we're gonna suck, we might as well just put a Kobo out to the fire and do it if Milton can't be out there. I mean, I like his vision. I like his shot. We we need to see uh, how he's progressing and I know you don't want to, you know, throw everything out to out to it for, for however long, but I mean, Jamal Crawford is not doing anything for us right now. He he's a good guy yeah. to have around, but you know that's about where he well, that's about all he is right now.
1: Yep, I will. I do need to say though. For example, in the game against Denver, Jacobo played thirty minutes and Crawford played twenty. So it's it's not every game still crawford just frustrating in this Lakers. still yes it's still too much but i don't know i saw people saying we should be running josh jackson at the point and i'm just like fine i don't even care (laughs) just someone please i'm tired of seeing jamal crawford again jamal crawford's a great guy he's a great guy to have on the bench but to me it's the equivalent of playing ryan anderson that many minutes yep if you're going to play Jamal Crawford that much, why not play Ryan Anderson that much too?
0: We might as well have just kept Isaiah Kanan on the roster and ran him at We this might point. as
1: well. Or Shaq Harrison. Ugh.
0: Don't remind me that we cut Shaq Harrison. It still hurts.
1: I know. It, it does hurt. Um, it really does. Yeah,
0: the whole Josh at point guard thing has really jumped up since the Justice Winslow thing for the Heat, which has slowed down a ton, but it seems like ever since he started for the Heat and looked like he was doing all right... Everyone was on the bandwagon of having Josh start at point, which I'm not against, and I haven't been against. But it's who know, who cares at this point? Just
1: uh, yeah, exactly. Just put someone. Let's try point bender again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> point center like Bendy. we did
1: in that one summer league game uh, where it was a huge failure. I'll never forget. We were so excited to see point bender. And the very first time he dribbled the ball up the court, he lost lost possession. (laughs) (laughs) And we never saw it again. Oh, Yeah, that was great. That's just (laughs) the Sun's last five years right there, basically. So, that's what we've got for the injury updates. While we're talking about the point guard situation, I think this is a nice segue. I'm sure a lot of you listeners caught this, but Zach Lowe had Jackie McMullen on his podcast, and... As you know, if you've listened to this show for more than a month, I love Zach Lowe. I consider myself a Zach Lowe apologist. I think he's amazing. But we we might not all agree on that, but I think we can all agree that Jackie McMullen is amazing. I've never met anyone who doesn't like Jackie. She knows her stuff. She's a genius. She's been in the business for a long, long, long time. Amazing writer amazing personality on on tv and everything she is great and she had this piece about jamal murray so zach Lowe had her on to talk about jamal murray and she mentioned something that i thought was very interesting so jamal murray's canadian he worked with jay triano because triano coached the canadian national team and triano was on the sun staff during that 2016 draft which as you all remember ended us We ended up getting Marquise Chris with the eight pick and Dragon Bender with the four pick, and it's kind of the worst draft we've had ever, possibly, because we also had Tyler Euliss in the second round. So Jackie McMullen mentions that Jay Triano loved Jamal Murray, loved him, and said we've got to draft him at four. If he's there, we have to take him. And the Suns front office didn't listen. Drafted Dragon Bender, which at the time. We didn't know it was going to be that bad. I was all I was all in on Dragon Vendor. I was fine with that. We
0: all we all but, were. I think there's a yeah. ton of revisionist history and people saying like I never understood why Dragon was getting that far, high up. And I was like, yeah, he barely played, but literally everywhere had him from like three to seven. And right, it wasn't like because it was like partially the poor Zingas, Like poor Zingas came out and then he was getting compared yes. to, but. If you listened to the Sonny and Phoenix podcast at the time, you would have heard us saying, "If you expect a P to, to be Porzingis, then you're gonna be in for a rough time." He projects as like, you know, ku or whatever. Tony Ku
1: yep. And we said it a million times.
0: And he, but but if we did. We also did our draft preview and guaranteed that if Dragonbender was available that he would be picked at four by the Suns no matter what doesn't matter who else was there right
1: right and I, I feel like everyone kind of said that yeah but it was tough for me to hear I didn't know that this is what was going to come up I didn't know that this was even the topic but when I heard imagine a backcourt with Devin Booker and Jamal Murray right now it was painful. It was it was physically painful to to look back at that draft and think of what could have been. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was it was tough, and it is also tough because you remember that like part of the um, part of the talk of picking both Bender and Chris was that we picked two power forwards, so at least one of them will pan out. boy were we wrong
1: (laughs) oh oh wow like that
0: was a that was a talking point just about that's hilarious like that was something that mcdonough almost said like there's some there's some terrible terrible feelings about about everything uh, when you think
1: about some of that stuff what a what We do not need to revisit this draft ever again. Yeah. Um, We might need to blacklist this as a topic. uh, But before we do that, and anyone whose last name is Morris. (laughs) But while we're on the topic, before we blacklist it, we do need to... I want to have a little bit of a conversation because throughout the week, this has come up in our, our group chat and... We're talking about TJ Warren. Dragon Bender has come in and played better than people would expect. Better than I expected, for sure. And I guess the discussion we've been having is, should Dragon Bender continue to play at all once our team is healthy?
0: And the answer is probably yes. Not because... Not because we owe it to him. Not because whatever not there's so many reasons not to but or to you could think of why i guess uh, hold on let me rephrase that there's so much that you could say or so many excuses but the fact of the matter is is that there is some intensity there it does seem like there there has been like a switch or kind of like a wake-up call he was benched for so long and at this point we kind of need to see if we need to try and bring him back or like yes we didn't accept his or we declined his option but that just like that makes him a free agent at the end of the season. We need to we have to see if we if Rashawn Holmes gets a pig payday and we can't bring him back. Who do we bring back? Who do we get at backup center? We might need to look at Bender, and you know, if he can play center, then maybe that's it. Maybe maybe that's the thing. We just have to, we have to see what we have. No matter what the young players are, we just have to see what we have. That should be the entire viewpoint of the Suns right now. It's cohesion. That's all this. Yes, but it's also like we just gotta see. We we have to. There's some unknowns there's all this he just needs he should just get minutes because right now we're garbage and we're playing troy daniels and jamal crawford and like these guys we why aren't we playing bender he he was a number four overall pick if we can salvage anything from him we we should try yes
1: i agree My takes are a little bit spicier, though. (laughs) I'm ready. So, here we go. I am getting a little bit off the TJ Warren bandwagon. I have been very frustrated with his play before the injury, obviously. I hope he gets better soon and all of that. I would never wish that on anyone. But the way he plays is so frustrating to me. And I realized it. We were talking on our group chat while I was at the Portland game. And I noticed that Dragonbender Bender has had two double-doubles this season. That's two more than TJ Warren. TJ Warren is so one-dimensional. Now, I'm not saying Dragonbender's double-doubles are amazing or anything. But TJ is so one-dimensional. He's just a scorer. But TJ Warren is the definition of an empty stats guy. He's going to put up 18 a game. And it's not going to make any difference. It's not going to mean anything. He, I know his game is old school. And he plays hard-nosed basketball. Gets his chin on the rim. All that. And some people love that. And this whole threes or layups. Whatever, whatever. It's frustrating to watch TJ Warren drive into a group of four guys. And force up some shot and fall down. When there's so many other people open. He just... His vision is not there he's not a good passer he had five assists one time and i thought the world had ended i could not believe that he had five assists is that a career high i bet that's a career high someone looked that up for me and <laughs> there's only two of us here but what's tj warren's career high in assists in one game i could not believe he had five it's the ball just doesn't move it gets to tj and yeah he's improved his three-point shooting great but People know that now, and they know he can't pass. So they just double or triple team him. And if he doesn't have the open three, he just drives to the basket, and it doesn't work. It's not good basketball. I'm tired of watching it. Wow. I'm sorry.
0: You should be sorry. <laughs> um, the jump is a little much. The jump is a little much to... Um, the the extreme hate and and Mitch has jumped far off the TJ, TJ bandwagon. Um, yeah. He uh, he he's he is easily easily convinced. Is what I'm gonna say on some things.
1: I think at this point in the season, the the desperation I feel to feel anything about this team is so strong <laughs> But that's why.
0: I, I do want to say that his career high for assists was six against the Clippers in 2015. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just to point that out. Um,
1: That's amazing. I, I,
0: you, you know, you, t- you told someone to look it up, so I looked it up. Thank um, <laughs> you. So... TJ Warren is a scorer. He is a good player, I think. Is he a great player? That is up for debate. I think that he has... He's he's worked on something in his game every single year that he's been in the league. I I think he has a push to be better. I don't think he has a push to stay stagnant. I don't think that... I think is he tunnel visioned? Yeah. Do I think that he needs to be in at the, the end of games? No. But I think it's I think it's tough and it's always going to be tough to play with TJ on your team. Since he's had since he's added the three point shot, it's been better. He can be kind of in a modern offense, but if he's gonna be in a modern offense, you almost need him either off the bench or alongside a guy that is so ball dominant that it can just get him the pass and not have to worry about him making a ton of decisions. Right.
1: I agree with that. Well, I will give him credit for one thing too. TJ is very good at making these back cuts, especially along the baseline. There are times that he moves well without the ball, not always, but he's, he's pretty good at, at finding those cuts when his, his defender is off in la la land a little bit. I would say but I do have to give him that. I would say
0: he's mo. I would say he's mostly good at moving without the ball. I wouldn't. I think that with the three point shot, he has been not been told, but he had does have the mindset of trying to stay behind the three point line for the yeah, spacing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's definitely a thing, but I I do think that he. He he does move without the ball. We used to get we used to want him to score more, or get more plays run for him because it seemed like he would get all he would get these points, but it wouldn't be from him like get like getting a play run for him. It was just like through the pace of the game, just getting the ball at the right time, or you know, getting the ball as a play broke down. It was it was all the, that kind of stuff. So I I am not ready to just give up and say that he's completely empty or whatever i think that he does keep us in games at times and there have definitely been a lot of times in the past where he has either won us or kept us completely in games in the last couple of years just with how bad we've been um does that does the fact that it seemed this year's a bit better, but the consistency of it's he would either score all of his points in the first half or score all of his points in the second half, and there was no in between. Is that frustrating? Absolutely. But the him having a good scoring game is as dependent on our success. No, do I think that we have had success with him scoring? Yes. I, it, it's a whole... It, I. What does that tell you? What are the you people listening? What is that? What does that say? I have no idea. Is what it says. This the TJ thing is. It's rough. People are ready to jump off the bandwagon. We need some sort of change, and I think TJ is a really easy scapegoat right now.
1: Yeah, he is. <laughs> well. I'm interested in what other people have to say about this. I'd really be interested in what Chuck has to say, but maybe we'll talk about this again next week. Um, chime in on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Let us know what you think about TJ. I feel like we've got some division within the Suns fan base on this one. But let's quickly do some very basic recaps. These games were bad. You can watch them. Like, everyone can rewatch these games pretty much. YouTube, the NBA does these condensed games on YouTube. I don't really do those. I like watching the full thing, but pretty interesting. You can look at box scores on the Suns app or whatever you want to do. We played Minnesota on Tuesday, Portland on Thursday, Denver was our scheduled loss on Friday, and then we played the Lakers in Los Angeles Sunday the 27th. We lost the first Minnesota game 118-91. We do got to talk about something from this. Devin Booker and Gorgie Jang got into it after Jang threw kind of an elbow into Booker's face. The refs called double technicals. And as they were walking away, Gorgie Jang started yelling at Booker, essentially, meet me in the tunnel. Devin Booker starts running towards the tunnel, gets held back by the security guard. Gorgie Jang apparently starts running. What I heard... I think I heard this on the starters, was they got closer to each other than you would think. But, I don't know, I think this is just one of those, hold me back, hold me back, bro. Anyone who's a fan of the real bros of Simi Valley, that show on YouTube slash Facebook watch, which is hilarious, by the (laughs) way, they do a lot of, hold me back, hold me back, bro, where they're just sitting and not moving. This was a little bit more than that, but i kind of chalk it up to that sort of situation and and that's but, not
0: e- that's not even a thing on uh on just that but i used to watch right. i used to watch jalen and jacoby a lot and uh yeah. jalen rose would always talk about how guys were very much in the hold me back kind of
1: yes it's something we've been seeing for the last i don't know five years especially i would say
0: 10 a almost lot of that
1: hold me back mentality yeah 10 probably so yeah, it's uh I think it's a little immature but I don't know, what do you think of this situation? It was it was kind of funny, I guess.
0: Devin needs to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I I absolutely love Devin Booker. He has been the only bright spot in a mountain of pain the last four years for suns fans that yeah. being said shut up like every year there's some sort of beef that he has with someone well there's
1: some s- random guy too and
0: troy daniels two years ago uh, does anyone remember right. that where
1: yeah troy
0: daniels Same. called devin booker like a garbage scorer and then they became teammates because you know that's something you should always do Is a talk smack about someone you could eventually become teammates with. Um, Like, just these random guys that it always seems like he's picking fights with. And it's not
1: like... Just shut up. Play... I mean, tonight, good, good example in this Lakers game. Zubats. Like, Devin Booker and Zubats get into this little argument. And then Booker goes right at him and scores and says something and gets a tech called on him. Okay, it was a weak tech. Guys are always going to talk. There's there's no way to stop that. It's part of the game. I'm fine with it. But you scored. You you scored on him. Just be okay with that. I don't know. It's It's frustrating.
0: You can be like... You can have that mentality. You can have all this stuff. And... It's like this can't-score Kobe mentality thing. Booker's taking it to the extreme. And it's just nonsense at this point. It's
1: hard to have that attitude when you're 11 and 41.
0: Yeah. I mean... you. The, the guy that can have that attitude right now is James Harden, who is who is an MVP candidate with his entire team out besides P.J. Tucker.
1: Like... Right. No. You cannot have... I gotta that, say... You, yeah, I'm nervous that Harden is gonna score more than seventy this season. I uh,
0: his career high sixty one. He's at sixty and sixty one. I that's close. Yeah. Um.
1: He he's incredible.
0: His he's just been insane. I would I would much rather be talking about Harden right now. than the Suns.
1: <laughs> But yeah, what's it like if we have anyone who? is a fan of another team that for whatever reason listens to this at sunny and phx pod tell us what it's like to watch a good team every other night or whatever yeah i I don't even know i don't know what it's like we would
0: ask josh but uh (laughs) we're not gonna do that to him right Uh,
1: now r.i.p r.i.p to the pacers season that's and everyone likes victor depot find me one person who doesn't like victor depot they don't exist
0: yeah, I don't know. Uh, the, moral of the, the moral of the story, though, is uh, Devin Booker, shut up. We love you. Shut
1: up. Yeah, you're good. We love you. We know you're good. Everyone knows you're good. He's getting these all-star votes, especially from the players. The players love him because the players, the, the starters were talking about this. They said the players will, will always love scorers. They'll say, oh, that guy's so hard to defend. He can hit a shot over anyone. Yes, we get it. We know. You've proven
0: it. You've proven it. You've shown that like you deserve to be in that. You continue to work on your game. You are hungry. I get it. You do not need to pick fights with random guys. That
1: he, right. Like he said something. He Devin Booker had some milestone again last week where the youngest player to five thousand points mm-hmm. or something. Or second Fifth or third, youngest. Whatever fifth youngest player to five and they asked him and he said it's great fine but i just want to win like i don't care that much about this anymore i just want to win me too i'm (laughs) glad he has that attitude
0: i'm glad he has that attitude about that but then doesn't have that attitude when he won't shut up and then gets technicals
1: yeah we've had a lot of dumb texts this year so the rest of the games this week all were pretty much as poor as that, if not worse. We lost the Portland game 120 to 106. This game actually wasn't awful. We played pretty well in the first half, but it didn't last. Devin Booker had 27. Kelly Oubre had 18. Dragan Bender, 17 points.
0: Aggressive I mean, Draggy Bendy. When,
1: yeah. Jake Lehman had. 20 plus points in the... Let's see. I think he had... Uh, I think he was right at 20. Uh,
0: you know, if it had, if it's not Pat... Yeah, he had 20. If it's not Pat Connaughton, then it's Jake Lehman.
1: Right. He had 20 and a quarter the other day, though. So, <laughs> at least he didn't do that against us. This Denver game, I mean, it was awful. We knew it would be awful. 132 to 95. That's... That's rough. But Devin Booker, again, Devin Booker plays well on the road. 35 points in this one. Yeah. Um, yep. That's the story. The Suns lose by a lot, and Devin Booker scores 30. The end. He's the only guy that can
0: seemingly score at times. Bender had 14. Josh had 17. But if anyone thought that this game, this game was going to be close whatsoever, even with Jokic out, we beat them by double digits the previous time we'd met. This was on a back-to-back. They, yeah. they were they were right. looking for blood.
1: For sure, for sure. And there was a report that the Suns had a players-only meeting after this game. And Jamal Crawford said, we just talked things out. We just had a nice talk, is what he said. Ugh. I feel like when you hear about a players only meeting, then something really bad happens after. <laughs> <laughs> so the omens are there. Then this this game against the Lakers, our most recent game, we lost one sixteen to one hundred two. LeBron and Kuzma were both out, thankfully, so we kept it somewhat respectable. The and the fact Booker that the win.
0: fact that they're without Paul, LeBron didn't come back yet, and Kuzma was out and. Mm. We lost by 14 is kind of ridiculous.:
1: It's bad, it's really bad. We're just baddies.
0: or something all right. They started Michael Beasley. Like come on.
1: They started Michael Beasley. Are we still paying Michael Beasley? We're I'm still pretty sure we are.
0: We're, we're for sure still paying Michael Beasley. if If the Pistons are still paying Josh Smith, we're still paying Michael Beasley. <laughs>
1: yeah for real. Okay, so next week, two games, thankfully. <laughs> I should. I love watching basketball. Don't get me wrong. It's just hard sometimes. Okay, we play the Spurs in San Antonio on Tuesday, the 29th. Then we have one, two, three days off until we play the Hawks at home on Saturday, February 2nd. I'm looking forward to that game because it will be here and. It's a winnable game. So that's it for for this week. That will be kind of nice. February is a really weird month for us because we have three home games and six away games and the All-Star break is right in the middle of that. So February is always weird, but I feel like it's extra weird this month or this year. So that's it. I assume you're going to say that Atlanta is our winnable game too.
0: Yeah, I mean... It should be, unless John Collins decides to have like a forty-point game randomly,
1: or Trey Young, Curry Range, Curry Range, Trey Young. I remember I was just telling someone about summer league, and I was talking about how we saw Trey Young and how he is smaller than you would expect. Trey Young hasn't been terrible, but it was weird to see him at summer league and just see how small he was. There you go. Yeah. So that's it. Now we'll move on to our non sports section of the show. Where today we are gonna discuss our spirit animals. So David, what's your spirit animal?
0: <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this. I used to always like the idea of being a
1: dog. Okay.
0: Because Because 'cause you're a dog. Yeah, because like, you know be dog's gotta eat. Because you you're loyal and <laughs> Oh. And uh you know, uh, you're, you're an animal. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) okay. No, um, then it went to sloth. Oh, wow. Because I'm, I'm lazy. I just want to lounge around all the time. I like would if I, if I, if my job was to climb trees and sleep, I would definitely fall out of trees. (laughs) Like I just okay. absolutely would, but then some people love sloths. Though. Sloths are great, and they're ugly. I mean, I think that definitely encapsulates <laughs> me.
1: Oh my gosh, you're very hard on yourself.
0: They're they're very ugly. Have you ever seen a sloth's
1: face? Like, it. I I don't think they're that ugly. I kind of like sloths. I mean, I'm. I know there's like a little bit of a trend. Well, from a couple years ago, there was a trend to like really love sloths. I wasn't completely on that bandwagon but there there's a couple of funny sloth videos out there on YouTube.
0: <laughs> their faces are atrocious. I don't care. Okay. Their their faces are absolutely atrocious. I don't know when the last time you saw a sloth was, but
1: I guess it's been a while.
0: They're they're atrocious. But I find I've settled recently on the panda. as my spirit animal
1: panda panda panda, panda. and
0: it's not because you know like they're rare or like any of that kind of stuff no (laughs) pandas are stupid oh my god listen to me no like you know they have to be like they they have to be forced all they want to do is like eat bamboo which is terrible for them like it's just something that's terrible for them but they just want to eat it anyways and if there wasn't for like people they would just eat bamboo until they died because it has like no <laughs> nutritional value and it's just the worst for them.
1: I did not realize that
0: They're lazy. They don't like want to They How can I make say this family friendly? They don't want to have kids and they're too lazy to and they have to be show they have to be like Convinced to have try and have <laughs> kids to reproduce.
1: Oh my gosh, I didn't know this. So you're saying that's you?
0: Yeah, I just I just want to eat things that are terrible for me, and I don't want to <laughs> like I uh, I just like if if it, if left to my own devices, I would just like eat myself to death and fall out of trees and just like that- not care for my own existence. <laughs>
1: I didn't realize this segment was going to be this dark.
0: <laughs> I think it's funny. I don't think it's dark. I think it's hilarious. This has been one of I mean, my it's favorite funny. jokes. It is funny.
1: Like recently. Okay. Well, my spirit animal, I, I've said this since high school, actually. My spirit animal would be a sea sponge. Because <laughs> okay. <laughs> can you think of a chiller animal? No, the answer is no. Is it an I, animal? I don't really even know. I don't know. I, I kind of say that as a joke, a sea sponge, just because they're really calm. I I'm a pretty calm person. I think I'm pretty chill. I can get a little fired up sometimes. <laughs> I don't know that sea sponges ever get a little <laughs> fired up. But for the most part, I'm pretty chill, pretty calm. I don't know. I guess I have some pretty high energy bouts depending on what I'm doing slash talking about. But I, I that's usually how, when people ask me that question, that's my go-to because I think it's funny.
0: That's a pretty good one.
1: So my favorite animal for real though is the penguin. I love penguins. I think they're great. I've always liked them. I think they're very playful and joyful animals. And I think that I, I'm kind of like that too. But I don't is a penguin my spirit animal? That's hard to say. I've had people say bears. Uh, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with saying a bear. Like a happy bear. Like a grizzly bear. Like, you know. Not, not the kind of bear that eats your trash. But <laughs> the kind of bear that is friendly. I don't know. <laughs> I, I've heard people say that and I, I see why and I'm okay with it. But it's just not that exciting to me. I don't know. So I like this. I don't know, maybe.
0: I like the sea sponge answer. I think mean, that's pretty easy. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'll stick with sea sponge. My spirit animal is a sea sponge.
0: You just you watched and, so much SpongeBob SquarePants growing up that yeah. uh, you you just you had to identify
1: Oh my gosh, that reminds me. We got to talk about something basketball re- related for like 1 second. Because I want to tell the story that I always tell when I hear this name. So, we signed a guy to a 10 day contract, and his name is Emmanuel Terry. And I had no idea who he was until I watched this Lakers game, and I had to look him up. He went to Lincoln Memorial College. He's a rookie. He Lincoln Memorial is a D2 school, but he was playing with the Sioux Falls Sky Force, and he got called up. And I I remember saying to myself, who's Terry? <laughs> and whenever I hear that name, it reminds me, there was this episode of Jimmy Neutron back in the day when like that was a cartoon. And Jimmy is getting bullied by a boy named Terry, and he tells his parents, and his, ter- his his dad says Terry's a girl's name, so they think he has a crush on a girl <laughs> named Terry. And whenever I hear that name, that's what I think of. And I don't know why I think that's so funny, but I always do. So I just wanted to tell that story on air. <laughs> so yeah, Emmanuel Terry. You'll probably hear that story every episode that we Have him on our team. Thank you for reminding reminding me about
0: Jimmy Neutron.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So kind of non-sports related, but he is on the team, and it was very confusing. Oh wait, no, we can't end there. What's Chuck's spirit animal? We've got to guess his spirit animal. Okay, I have three. The first one is a starfish. Because he's a star. i I don't know why that was the first thing that popped into my head the second one is a grasshopper (laughs) i i really don't know why i thought of that exactly but i thought of it but the one that i actually kind of like is a moose a moose moose are cool they're really cool animals they they've got things together like, I think it's safe to say of the three of us, Chuck has his life together the most. And when I look at a moose, I think they've got it together. They know what they're doing. And and moose, do they do tend to keep to themselves. Chuck is probably our most introverted member. Maybe you are. I don't know. You guys are close. I'm definitely the most extroverted. That's no contest, But but... I don't, I just I like the thought of him as a moose. Maybe a moose with a briefcase. I don't know why.
0: Well, I'm going to say that the one idea that I definitely have is partially from Finding Nemo, but there are the surfer turtles.
1: Oh, oh, that's good.
0: Like the sea turtles yeah. that are just like th- that I like that a lot. That's absolutely what I think of. I I don't oh, remember oh, the name, good. but Crush. Crush. Yeah. I that's good. I definitely have have that vibe in my head for Chuck. And uh you know that or just like just like a a random dog that's just like he's he's been through life. He doesn't want to like deal with other dogs if he doesn't have to. Oh totally, totally. <laughs> just like is this like I just wanna like chew on my bone and just like
1: like a basset hound
0: yeah i was like 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 an old like bloodhound or basset hound or something Mm. just like
1: Mm -hmm. i can totally see that yeah oh that's good all right well now the actual end to the episode thank you for (laughs) listening go sons